Hey folks, we're back. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 67. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's a good life, babe.com. Jeff and Jill's Tells from the Worlds, episode 67. Uh, we're really pleased to have uh, a guest in the house that I just had the pleasure of meeting just about two weeks ago, uh, Mr. William Peck. How you doing, William? Doing fine. Good, good. Thank doing you for fine. coming on. Uh, I will, we'll get to kind of the, the context of which I met William, but um, we were talking and we were talking about the welding that you do, and you told me that you that you some of the work that you do welding is on second line barbecue rigs and I immediately just lit up I don't know if you saw my face (laughs) because Jeff and I on this podcast have talked so much about that being one of our favorite things on the second line in New Orleans is the mobile what do we call it the the mobile barbecue unit right and I mean even even more than that I would say is that a lot of people peg New Orleans as a town that doesn't necessarily have barbecue culture. And I always point out that barbecue culture is really alive and really uh, widespread when you go to Second Lines and stuff like that. We might not have the restaurants that people have like in in the Carolinas and in Tennessee and Texas and stuff like that. But but, I mean, we certainly do have barbecue restaurants, but most of the barbecue culture that we have in New Orleans and around the area takes place on the street. On the street. Right. Like you think about Kermit Ruffins rolling around in his truck. <laughs> right. <laughs> but they have, they have a lot of um, barbecue places in New Orleans. You know, it's more in, in, the, in the neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, and it's not just um, in restaurants and, you know, like my cousin on the store, he do barbecue Every other week at the store, everybody come out, you know, do the barbecue, even fried ribs. Yeah, yeah. right, right, so, yeah, yeah. So are, your cousin is that? So when he does the fried ribs, are you doing those? No, I do your, the ribs. You do, do the ribs. Yeah, I, I fry the ribs. Tell us about that, because you were telling us before that something you're about to get into doing, man. Yeah, well, it was something I learned while I was in prison in Angola. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, I, I did. I served 21 years in prison for the charge of manslaughter. Yeah. You know, and I'm, you know, I, I think I'm a, I'm a good guy. I made a mistake, but I think I'm a good guy. And, uh, you know, everybody, when I got out, everybody tried to do a helping hand, but not me. I just wanted to help myself first. Yeah. And then, you know, I allowed other people to come in and help, help me out and things. But um, I was living in Baton Rouge when I first got out, but I got married to my longtime girlfriend. Nice. Which I know forever, 35 years. Rachel's <laughs> sitting here in the house with us in the studio. Yeah. Shout out to your lovely wife. Yeah. And um, basically we just, you know, we we come out on Sundays and we fry ribs. I fried them by my sister's house last week. Yeah. That was last week, week before last. I fried them by I was man, and that was the first time my wife and them know what I know how to do that. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, that was the first time. And man, they ate their fingers. They won. They, they, <laughs> they so never you did that. Now you're thinking, I got to do this. Yeah. So that's, that, that's that the plan. Be, yeah, that's the plan. Yeah, you were telling me that. When's the? What's the first thing you're gonna do? Is it your cousin's place? Yeah, I'm gonna do them in a the store on Lazard yeah. and Saint Claude. Yeah. That's what I'm gonna. I'm gonna start doing them now. Eventually, I'm gonna build my own trailer. Yeah. You know, and I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna probably start doing them. I'm gonna be the house of the fried ribs. 
Nice. That kind of blew my mind. <laughs> well, it blew my mind too because I, had, fried ribs. I hadn't heard Spencer, of it, man. You I heard, heard of fried ribs? No, I've never heard of fried ribs. <laughs> man, they're real good. I know. It sounds great. It they're sounds real, great. Real, you know, most people think when you fry them, they be tough, but they be so tender, they fall off the bone. Wow. Yes, exactly. So you can't, obviously, you can't tell us the recipe, but can you describe them? Like, is it a thick bread and a thin bread? Like, what's it, what's it like? Uh, it's like a, um, it's nothing like it. Yeah. yeah. To be honest with you, it's nothing like it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's something that's real unique. It's just, it's nothing like it. It's, you can pull the bone right out. Right off. Yeah, and it's, it's real tender. That you is know? the one thing. New Orleans barbecue isn't necessarily always tender. Exactly. You know? Yeah, 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 that's true. That's they got, true. But they have some people make them in them, like I was saying, in them neighborhoods. Ooh, yeah. They got a place right there on Garden Earthquake. Yeah. They, they do it like every day. They do it every day. Barbecue reels. Do you know what's the name of that place? Do you know? I don't know. This. It's like a corner store? Yeah, it's a corner store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, these real make your tongue slap your brains So out. you're here to tell us <laughs> there, there, is, there is good barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's just yeah. in the corner store. It's not so much the restaurants. Right. It's not, it's not so much the restaurants. Yeah, yeah. It's, we known for seafood. That's right. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We know no, I try food. to tell people that you got to know where to find it, you know, and you, you got to dive a little bit deeper, you know, in yeah. order to find the barbecue culture in New Orleans. Yeah. And but it's uh, there. It's there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so what about, okay, we talked about a little bit about the food, but about the rigs, man, because people outside of New Orleans, we, we do have a lot of listeners who listen to the show who don't live here, right? right? And they're not necessarily that familiar with the second line. Can you describe, like, the nature of the mobile barbecue unit with the rig like the kind of trailers you put together and yeah. put together they have i would like to say they have i would like to call it they have three different kinds okay they have the small one they have the medium yeah. and they have the big ones mm-hmm. <coughs> all of them is kind of expensive yeah. to build i build them from scratch yeah. you know i go by they, the guy buy their own trailer and i you know basically fabricated the way they want it yeah. You know, I didn't build them. You know, I, I think I didn't build three right now that's real productive during the second line. Yeah. But I didn't refurbish and remodel 20, 30 of them. Wow. Oh, really? oh, okay. You know? All right. So it doesn't just stop. It's not just about building them. It's like somebody comes to you and says, look, I need an addition. Yeah. I need something else. And, and it, you they, do that work as and well. They, not only that, they buy them offline and they, when there they get them, they're not up to par. That's right. You know, right, right. So right. I basically build them. I put a whole roof on one. You know, I wish I had some pictures I could show y'all, but I do. But I have to pull them up on my phone. Yeah. You um, know, I didn't build we'll them. You know, with the, we'll with the, them yeah, I didn't build them with the smokers. Yeah. I didn't build them with the deep fryer. All these made out of you know, which is really expensive. Thirty-six inch, thirty inch, and twenty-four inch pipe. Right. What they right. call casing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, and I start from there with that, which is real expensive. Just for the pipe, it might be about eight hundred dollars. Yeah, you know that's just, just for that material. Yeah, yeah. That's just for the pipe. That's like a six-inch pipe, mm-hmm. thirty-six inches round. Right, gotcha. You know? And I cut wow. it, maybe build a door to it, wow. uh-huh. whatever, and um, put sheet metal on the side to have it on the side, and add the smoker. Yeah. And build them up from there on a the trail, you know, basically how the guy wanted it, it'd be one of a kind. Yeah, so how do you, I mean, my at least impression on the second line is, is they're going from one stop to another. People have heard us talk about this on the, on the podcast before, that you just don't set up one spot on the second line as a barbecue. You go to the four or five spots, right. so you got to be mobile. Right. What kind of... Uh, 
what kind of different type of work do you have to do so that they can continue cooking? Are they still cooking while they're driving from one spot to well, the other? Well, the ones I build, they 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 could they could actually cook them while they drive. Yeah, they See, that's, pull them. That's they, incredible. They close everything down. Yeah, and just pull it along. You know, right, yeah. right. And just just continue to cook. So that's rock solid stuff. Yeah, it just continue to cook. Yeah, and guys, you know, like. But those same guys, like most times, second lines on Sundays. Yep. So they cook that whole night. Yep. You know, not just for the second line. Yeah. They go to the club, they little regular spots. That's oh yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. right, exactly. Because yeah. we see them over at Club Caribbean over here. Right. The Caribbean or club. The, right or the there. candlelight or right. something right. like that. Yeah, yeah every, exactly. Every probably every one of them have their own little area they go in after the second line. That's the right. There's Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. Like it used to be, Joe's. Uh, Joe's crazy. What? Joe's cozy corner. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 They go. They go different little clubs. I don't know the names of them. They got one right here on Saint Bernard and Broad. He be at the second line. I built his trailer. Oh, that's. Uh, oh, yeah. That's. Uh, ben. Well, ben. I'm thinking that's the uh, prime example. Is that it? I don't know the name of the yeah, club. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I don't know the name of the club. I couldn't tell you. I, I don't. Think that's probably it. I don't, but that's that's the area. And then I know the guy who the trailer for. Then I built his trailer. Nice. So he goes that there after the second line. Yeah. And maybe the know, night before he's there cooking. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's right. And he's cooking you know, for cook. Sunday while yeah. he's also feeding people. Over right. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And those same guys, you know, they like they have something like a family reunion or something like you have a family reunion. You could actually lease their right. services. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they come right, to all right. the barbecue, chill bar, oysters. Everything right on the grill. Folks, they're listening from other places where y'all got food trucks, like in Austin and Brooklyn and Portland. This is our version of food trucks. Yeah, this is this is the original food yeah, truck of this, New Orleans. This is like a hundred years old. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like people have been doing this for a long time in, in New Orleans, and uh, these are these are not. If you can't visualize what we're talking about, because not necessarily everybody knows what we're talking about right now. Like this is not just like. Uh, you might see a well-built grill in somebody's backyard. This is an extra step, two, three, four, ten steps beyond this. Yeah. Right here. These are. This is what they call a heavy industrial application, right here. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, these things are built to last. Oh yeah. Um, um, and they're built to produce, and uh, and they're built so that people can make a living. Um, grilling basically right. and uh and and it's no joke and uh and i'm impressed every time we go out on the second line i'm just like i cannot believe how amazing these things are yeah uh because it's true that everyone is everyone is unique and different everyone right. is customized to right. the particular chef right. cook that's manning that grill mm -hmm. and what it is that they they like to make right. how yeah. did how did yeah. you get into making these in the first place well i'm a certified welder I'm a certified welder, and a lot of guys, you know, be asking me about different things to weld and this and that, you know. And my father was a welder, you know. Yeah. And a guy came to me one day and said, man, why you don't make grills like your daddy used to do? <laughs> nice. You know? Right. And he said, oh, you can't, you ain't good like your daddy. <laughs> so. Through the gauntlet down. Yeah, I shamed him. <laughs> you shamed him, yeah. I shamed him. So. You know, ever since then, I made the first one, and you know, man, I didn't made hundreds for people back, y'all. They, I could make some people just fell in love with like the 
dog or something. You know, they don't even want to let it out. Nobody. So you, do, so you do someone's backyard thing, too. Oh, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got How something. do people get in touch with you if they want to hire you for their for your services? Well, I, I be around the city, but I yeah. have calls. Nice. Different areas, you know, people call me and tell me they want a yeah, yeah. barbecue pit. Okay. Or whatever, or fence. You know, or air conditioned cage. So you do it all. Yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah. you can't miss me with welding. Yeah, there you go. You know, you can't yeah. miss me with welding. Because we always, like, when our guests come on, we, we try and plug whatever they do. Right. You know, and let people, let our folks, because we, we do have a lot of people in New Orleans who are listening. Yeah. And uh, so can they can they find you like on your Facebook page? Is that a yeah, decent way to get a, in touch a good, with you? Yeah, that's a decent way. And I'm in a, I'm in a process, like I say, you know, I don't know if you want me to get into my background how I, you know where I'm coming yeah let's do it all right well Absolutely. I did I served 21 years in prison you know from 1993 to uh, 2014 I got out and I'm you know I can't retire nowhere I'm 50 years old you know I messed my life up you know I so I ain't gonna cry about it I gotta keep going you know yeah. so I started my own business and I'm trying to um, trying to be successful yeah you know, just like everybody else you know just you know, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't want to do nothing. I ain't going back to prison. <laughs> that's right. You know, so I just try to do what I can do. Well, that's, that's probably a good segue to talk about where you and I met. Uh, a couple right. Tuesdays ago, we were down at the the building. Uh, we were at the Corpus Christi Community Center and Church, right? Right. And there's an organization there called Vote Voice of the Experience, and they deal with a lot of issues with criminal justice reform. Right. But under that umbrella... Uh, Tad Tatum yeah. runs a peer transition group, right, for formerly incarcerated folks. Yeah, post-incarcerated syndrome. Post-incarcerated syndrome. Right. right, exactly. You want to talk about that a little bit? <coughs> well, we could talk about as far as what I know about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my first well, impression was just that it's it's what what Tad seems to be doing. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is is trying to raise some awareness. And actually, get the American Psychiatry Association to acknowledge this very specific form of PTSD. Right. 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 So that there can be uh, resources put towards mental health evaluation exactly. coming out of prison, exactly. and then mental health support once you're out. Right. Exactly. Is that kind of it in a nutshell. Exactly. Just, and and I think what motivated him to do it, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but uh, it's just the recidivism rate. You mm-hmm. know. And guys, you know, there's a lot of times that guys, like the people you met, I think I mentioned this, you know, the people you met that was in that room. You said cream of the crop. That was cream of the crop. Yeah. You know. That stuck with me. Yeah, these guys ain't going back to prison. Right. But they got the guys that you haven't met. Right. You know, that really need help. Right. You know, and and that's the guys that, you know, with Tatum trying to reach, trying to get them in to come to the group. Yeah. And all that. A lot of them be embarrassed. They even come to the group and say that they have post-incarceration syndrome, you know? Right. Because at one time, I couldn't sit here and talk to nobody about it. I was embarrassed about being in prison. Right. You know? I was, man, I don't want nobody to know I've been in prison. Well, and probably, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what struck, one of the things that struck me about hearing your story and other people's stories in that meeting that I went to was that it seemed like it was a place where people felt comfortable actually saying things that you might find embarrassing, right? right? Like everyone was sharing stories. Like one of the common refrains that I heard was that this idea of like, no matter how big your bed is, 
you're just gonna sleep on that one little <laughs> that one little 30 inch yeah. like yeah once that's what you once used you, to yeah you've been in prison so long you've been sleeping in a said bed like some of those guys 30 40 years right in a bed this big they get out you know they got a king side or a queen side bed they still in that one, in little, that one spot. little spot right. you know yeah. they not even realizing right. they got out that ain't my problem, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that ain't my problem. The, I think the problem that I had, I, I, I move around in that bed. <laughs> but I think the problem I had is on. Uh, <laughs> Rochelle can testify. When I first came on, the problem that was being outside at night. Right. Mm. That was, that was kind of strange for me. Because, you know, night at night in prison, you locked down. Yeah, you know, ain't no moving or nothing in the prison at nighttime. So, when I got out of prison at night, it was just, you know, I had a, I had an issue with actually being, being outside and roaming at night. Right. You know? Right. But um. Yeah, I think you had even said like it was weird, like being. Yeah, it was real weird. It was weird. Just, just to be uh, not wanting to be in the dark. Yeah. Outside. Right. Night. Right. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I wanted to be in, you know. Mm. And I, I started working. I started working for this fabrication shop in Baton Rouge, and um, they did direct deposit. This is another thing I didn't sh had a chance to share this. Yeah, please. They had a, uh, they did direct deposit. Mm -hmm. So when I got out, <laughs> so they, I, they, they say you check in the bank. I said I want my own check, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so they give me a card. You know that right. I had a call, right. so I go. <laughs> I go. It's nighttime. I won't go to the store. I worked all week. I won't go get right. me some stuff from the from the grocery. Right. They said, "Well, you got to go with that call." And I'm like, "Man, it was now that was weird." Right. Huh. That was weird. That was an so adjustment. Yeah. It was like they did direct deposit, gave you like a debit card. Or yeah. Whatever. And you're like, "What the hell is this? Where's yeah. my cash?" Yeah. Right. Where the check <laughs> at? I can cast the check. Right. <laughs> Exactly. But, uh, that was weird. That was my first time having a debit card. Yeah. You know, and it, it was it was real it was real strange. And you did know? you did you get your welding certification before you went to prison? Or yeah, you, I yeah, went. You did. I went to America Welder College before I went to prison. Okay. I went to America Welder College before I went to prison, and when I went to prison, I was a tutor for okay. welders. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know? I used to tutor the guys who wanted to learn how to weld. That was one of the things I did. Before I became an inmate counsel, uh, yeah. Before I became inmate counsel, so you know, from there, I went to the state police barracks two years, two and a half years before I was released, and that was like a, a like a halfway house sort of, yeah. something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And I started making barbecue pits there, yeah, for the troopers and stuff like that. They all them coming, where Peck at? Want a yeah. barbecue pit? You know? And yeah. I, I started making barbecue pits then, you know, went on from that. That was my hobby. Yeah. You know? and a lot of different, I got a lot of little tricks from there, you know, because they, they wanted certain things. Right. How they wanted with their smokers and stuff like that. And so, you know, some guy wanted they smoker built for it because they lit for a week. <laughs> so that's a slow roast. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, slow. They, they wanted, right. Yeah, they wanted, they wanted, you know. So I was trying to accommodate them with their things. They'll get all the material and I'll build. Mm -hmm. So many stories um, from the other night when I met you, and uh, some folks 
obviously you went in with some education, so you were able to to get, like you said, you were a tutor right away. Right. I heard some stories that seemed like were there were some folks who were able to get educated while they were in there, but then also some folks who right either just rejected, just didn't. There was that one gentleman. I think they the boxer. Right. Like you call him. Is his name Red? No. The boxer guy with the freckles. Oh, dang. I can't. I can't call his name. Um, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this this dude was saying that because he had a counselor, a counsel who basically did all the legwork right. to right. that basically got him out eventually because right. he was wrongly accused. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But he was he sure was, that he was going to yeah, die. Yeah. He was really prison. young when he went to prison too. And he just he was he refused any like education help. or any rehabilitation. Any legal help. Any, right. He was he refused till his brother came up there. His brother came with right. and encouraged him to uh, to start, you know, man, working on your kid because oh, they okay. knew he was innocent. Right, know? right. And uh, they encouraged him, man, you just can't stop because you you innocent, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. eventually it came out that he was. Exactly. Now he volunteers this time at the boxing club. Right. Over in, uh, right. I don't know. Melanie. Melanie. There you go. It's Melanie. Right. Mm-hmm. Melanie boys. Over yeah. by UNO, I think. Right. Oh, okay. All the right. Boys yeah, club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. He said he's got some boxers coming up that might be Olympians. Uh-huh. All right, all right. I didn't know they had a boxing club over there. Right. Well, it's a boys' right. club, and they have a boxing thing, I guess. Right. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. But just that it's like you said, cream of the crop. Yeah, that's that's what that was. And now you have other 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 uh, guys over there. You know, you'd have met most of them. Norris. Yep. Ted. Yep. Calvin. You know, a lot of guys. Like I say, that's you know, Kenneth. Yeah, you know they, that's basically the cream of the crop. You know them guys that's, you know that help people, not only while they was in prison, but when they get out of prison. Like like I say, post incarceration syndrome don't start when you get out. It start when you get convicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and some guys, some guys don't prepare to get out of prison. Right, you know, because it, it, it's so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the post incarcerated syndrome just took over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, they they don't prepare themselves to get out of prison, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the preparation started. You can't wait till you get out, and then say I want to prepare for freedom. Right, exactly. You know, so I think like like a lot of the little groups that I don't agree with, which a lot of the guys I named that's affiliated with, like all uh, the transition thing. Back into society, I can't think of the name of it. Yeah. I don't really agree with it because if a person get out of prison, it's too late. It's oh oh, so they only start working with you yeah. by the time you get yeah, out. It's too late. Yeah, yeah you gotta start yeah. the transition yeah. right when you, you gotta get start in. The transition. Right when you get in. Yeah, you right. gotta start the transition, and I think that'll help with post incarceration syndrome. Sure. You know. I mean, everyone, without getting the details, everyone talked about the trauma that you experience. Oh yeah, it's. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, like I say, um, some guys go up there, you know, that's, it's, it's with the wrong attitudes, they mm-hmm. get into the wrong things, you know, and, and it just, it just turned to something else, you know, something that, you know, that I wouldn't wish on nobody, you know. It's a lot of drama, it's, it's, it's things that go on in prison that, man, that you wouldn't believe. Can can you avoid it if you want to? Of course. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did, and I never was considered weak or anything. <clears throat> right. You know, 
I did. It never was considered mm. weak. I never went mm. told of the, 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 the sergeant on nobody or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I avoided the crap. And what do you attribute that to? Is it attitude? What, what is it? How, how is your spirit? How do you? To be honest with you, education. Yeah. Education. I think mm -hmm. everybody go to prison, they should force an education on. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing mm -hmm. right there. You know? I see guys, I see little guys I like in prison, they come to prison, boy, they talk about each other mom, they talk about each other grandma. And soon that one of them said, man, you can't read or write. It's a big old fight. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big old fight. Yep. And, and now you just got to talking about his mom and his grandma, ain't nothing was never said, but soon as you tell him he can't read or write, it's a big old fight. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So it's obvious that's what's itching him. Right. You know what exactly. <laughs> that's what's itching him. One of the more uh, moving moments for me in that meeting that I, where I met you, was that we were all talking, and, and Tad's an optimistic dude. He's he's a realist. Yeah. He's an optimist. I mean, in the sense that he think you know he's he's pushing for awareness of the issue again, the American Psychiatry Acknowledgement designation, so that there can mm -hmm. be resources for mm -hmm. mental health mm -hmm. evaluation and treatment, etc. And there was this dude in the corner to my right who was just kind of shaking his head. He had a beard, just kind of shaking his head, and he was really itching to talk, and he was like. He's like, I hear what you're saying, but this is some bullshit because the system is designed to make us suffer and never be better. You know? And I'm like, that cynicism is kind of important to have, too. To recognize that the system is fucked. In the sense of, systematically, speaking of education, when, you, when people grow up in environments where there's systematically not good education opportunities, right? Right. And then you go to jail not to rehabilitate, but to just be just to fill a jail. Yeah, you know, just because somebody's, somebody's making money off of yeah, it. Just to be warehouse. Right. And I think that's what he was getting at. He was like, that's, "How do we get out?" I mean, I'm not. I don't even know how to answer that question. It just seems like that's a. I can't say he's wrong. Yeah. And I can't say you're right. You know, I can't. I can't really. Uh, I think every tub stand on his own bottom. Say again? I think every tub stand on his own bottom. Yeah. You know? Yep. I think me and every man, got, you know, you got to, you know, be the man that you could be. That's right. You know, and no, let's not get it twisted. Now, they got some guys that deserve to be in prison. Mm -hmm. Right, sure. You know, and they ain't going you know, to say it, stitch and, you know, play like that ain't the truth. Yeah. You know, because that's the truth. You know, uh, they got some people that's, you know, that's need to be in prison. Yeah, there's, there's, there's bad people in the right, world. Right, exactly. There's yeah. bad people in the world, yeah. yeah. But exactly. if you're going to let somebody out, you got to, you got to, you can't just throw them out without right. there being any right. sort of support whatsoever. It, right? Whatsoever. And, and I think that's, that go back to one thing, what I just said, education. Right. You know, I think you go all the time, every time you can point at, most people point at their mom and daddy, but when you get to, when you get to a certain age, you know, you got to start looking in the mirror. You know, you can't, you know, you can't see, because I didn't, I didn't put the burden on my sister. Right. Or my girlfriend. Yeah. You know, when I went to prison, you know, I went to prison on my own. Now, sure. if they help, that's right. good. If they, right. they want to come see me, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
But I didn't put no burden on like you have to support me. Right. Mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You didn't obligate them. Yeah. To. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know that's 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 the kind of stress that you know guys put on their families. That's right. You know, and that's that caused other problems with other kids. You know? Just think about like education that you keep coming back to, which makes sense to me. Off the top of my head, like if. If you're up for parole, it seems like there could easily be put into place a system in which, all right, we're considering you for parole, and you're going to, under this 18-month or whatever it is, got to either, like, get a trade skill or a GED or something. Like, you got to, we've got a mental health evaluation. we got to make sure you're good to go mentally. You know, you're good to go physically. And those last two years of your stretch, you learn something. You know, I mean, I could. I don't understand why that couldn't happen. You know, like for, you, think to, for you to get out, you have to some, take some advantage. Things, of some things ain't, ain't where you have to. It's up to the parole board, and maybe you know, it's like unwritten rules. You got to have your GED. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you could get a GED, yeah. they got some guys who can't learn. Right. You know, right. so that's the ones that have to get the trades. That's right. Or whatever. You know what I'm so saying? So they're doing that kind of thing now. Yeah, they're doing yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think the parole board. In Louisiana, I made the parole board, so I don't want to sound critical of them, but, you know, it's just that <clears throat> I think if you meet certain criteria, yeah. you don't need a parole board. Oh, right, I got mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like if what? You, if, you yeah. Could, if you could, you know, meet the thing that you need to do to be productive in society, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever that may be, whatever mm -hmm. politicians, whatever come up with this criteria yep. you dig, that you need to meet, just release them. Then release them. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It's like a checklist. I don't think I don't think too many people could, you know, beat that. Right. You know, for as mm. manipulate that. You know, I don't think too many people could be able to do that. You know, and, and you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. What about the challenges facing people who get out in terms of finding a job, just in terms of how employers might be reluctant to hire somebody who's got the tag X con. Oh, it's oh, very real. It's very real. It's very real. What was your experience? It happened out? to me. It did. It happened to me. I got out of prison. I was, I went took a welding test for Trinity Marines in Brule, Louisiana. I asked Gator to see them because I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> Dog out of the week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Trinity Marines in Brule, Louisiana. I went took a welding test for them. Mm -hmm. Passed it, flying colors, supervisor. Oh, come on, you work today. Yeah, yeah. $33 an hour. Nice. Mm -hmm. you know, I worked there for a week. They found out. They, they came back. They asked me on the application, have you ever been convicted in the last eight years, I believe it was. Right. And I said no. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I haven't. Right. Exactly. Right. You know, so you answered truthfully. Right. Right. So the application went to Dallas somewhere, and they came back and told me my employment was being suspended due to criminal history. Right. You know, I say suspended, you know. And then she said, yeah, because you got to go through the proper hearing and things like that before we can actually terminate your employment, which was just a formality. Jesus Christ. Right. You know, so right. they terminated my uh, employment at Trinity Marines for that reason. After my application went to Dallas. Right. You know, and they got guys there who were working there that was in prison with me, but they wasn't... Class A welders like I was. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
So, so their application didn't go up that part right. of the, yeah, Oh, I yeah, see. Right, right. right. So more, that's a case where your skill level hurt me. Hurt you. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. God, that's ironic, right? I mean, exactly. Like, that's the kind of thing that, that that's just you know, infuriating. That's the kind of thing that we talk about. Yeah, you just, that has to stop. Yeah. You know, it's like, just stupid. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the idea is that a person does their time, you have a skill, and that's that. You've right. been released from You're, prison. You shouldn't have to continue to pay for exactly. your crime. For your, for your crime exactly. outside of it, prison. It, Otherwise, right. why they let you out in the first place? Exactly. It's like you force, like, and some guys, some guys take it like this. Like, they forced to do wrong. Right. You know, like, man, I can't, you know. So can't keep yeah, stable I can't employment. Keep a, just, I can't keep a job. Everywhere I go at, I'm looked that different. You know, the least little thing happened, I'm fired. Right. They were the same person, the same the person next to me that did this twenty times at the same job. Right. You know, ain't nothing happened to him. What mm -hmm. happened to me one time on fire. Yeah. Or whatever. You know, it just you just looked that so different. You know, and like just like uh like I got I got a wonderful support group. My wife, my grandmother, my sister, you know, my uncles. I have a wonderful support group. Yeah. And they just push me, you know, and you know, they just give me the opportunity to do what I could do, you know? Yeah. And I never asked anyone on for anything. Yeah. You know, I never asked anyone on for anything. You know, but they just, you know, that's, I just, if you don't have that, like, you know, I think that's why I'm being successful now. Yeah. It's hard for a person. And I see 80% of the guys get out of prison don't have it. The support mm. system? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right. Especially after, you know, spent a substantial amount of time in prison. Sure. Yeah. And that's the guy that less likely to go back. Yep. It's the guys that do two years, one year. They're the ones go back to prison. Guys spend 15, 20 years in prison. They ain't Typically going back to prison. They're going back. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it happens, but. Yeah, but not as frequently. No. Yeah. No. No. It don't. It don't. They don't go back to prison. And, you know, it's, I don't know if it's just because they age. Or whatever, because you know they got the thing called in Louisiana twenty forty five. What is so that? They had this in nineteen ninety one. They had this some doctor I can't call his name. He came said that when a person reached the age of forty five, criminal menopause set in. Criminal menopause. All right. So <laughs> us as prisoners, that's know the laws and everything, we drawed up a, a, an actual bill to uh -huh. get a senator to represent it. You know, we, it was first, it was, and it had the 2045 on there, mm -hmm. being in prison 20 years and reached the age of 45. Right. And I happened to benefit from that law. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. So I, that actually got put into legislation, yeah, the 2045. Yeah, 2045. Nice. Act, Act 790 yeah. of 1991. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah. That's insane. That's cool. Mm -hmm. um, and it started Norris and we could probably tell you more about it because yeah. they was they was the culprits behind it. Norris he's the he runs the vote. Vote, yeah, voice of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And he started that while he was in Angola, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I actually haven't met him yet because he, he wasn't there the other night. Yeah. But, yeah. but I'm gonna make sure I get yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's one of my mentors though. 
Yeah, good. Yeah. So you mentioned that you did you did secure employment in Baton Rouge, and you worked for a place up there. Yeah, I worked right? for a, I worked for a fabrication shop. How did you How did you break through eventually and get somebody who was willing? Well, to listen to this. I got a story about that too. I hope this ain't taking too long. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. This all time in the world. After I left Trinity Marines, one of the supervisors there, as I'm leaving out the door, he gave me a call. He said, man, call these people nice. and get you a job. <laughs> Good. Right. Good. So, Smart guy. Yeah, so right. I called him. Same day, he said, yeah, such and such told me Joe, his name Joe. He said, yeah. come on over, man, we all see what we got for you. It was making way less money. You know, I was making, what, $14 an hour started off? Yeah. And uh, so I, I started doing a job. But they got this one guy, white guy. Yeah. Named Justin, you know I don't like. I I call the one name that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good policy. <laughs> well, Justin, he was on. He was like, I was. He not a super. He was over the supervisor, like a you know at this little fabrication shop. It was a real productive fabrication yeah. shop. We built everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, built things for plants and everything. Mm -hmm. And. I turned out to be one of the better welders there. So, you know, I'm working there. So they raised me up $2. I'm at 16 now. Yeah. So they got this other little guy, which is a white guy. Yeah. Younger than me. You know, we go on a welding. We got, we had to go on a field and do some welding. It was some aluminum that had to be weld. He couldn't weld it. Yeah. So, you know, he would pull the well a section, I well a section, you know, we keep going, we take our breaks. Right. You know, he couldn't well alone. He couldn't alone. do it. He couldn't well alone. So I wind up, come on, I got you, man, just, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. blah, 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 you know, because it's just me and him. Right. Right? So under the other supervisor, TJ, he came out, I call him because he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> he came out and he peeped out what was going on. Right. So he called me, said, oh, Peck, man. You, you're doing all Sean work. Right. You know? I say, well, man, you know, I, I'm, I'm faster. You know, I try to make some kind of little lame excuse, sure. you know, because he's taking too long or something. You don't want to call him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. getting from out of here, you know? Yeah. So you say, man, the man can't wear a loon. I already know. <laughs> you know, like that, that. He said, that's why I came out here, because I know he couldn't wear a loon. He said, that's why they sent you with him. You know? He said, man, how much you make? I said, $16 an hour. He shook his head. He said, hey, Sean, how much he make? $28 an hour. God damn. So I asked the guy. He said, man, I'm going to get you a raise. This guy, TJ, he said, I'm going to get you a raise, man. He couldn't believe it. You know, but he never knew I was in prison. Like right. I said, I ain't never tell him. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. you know. And you got your raise. No, I didn't get it. You didn't get it. That's when I wind up starting getting my own business. And you start doing your own stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. From, from this incident right here. Yeah, right, like, right. Yeah. He came, he went to right. Justin, told Justin about it. Two days later, TJ came and told me, he said, man, Justin told me to ask you how much you were making two years ago. Oh, shoot. When I was, he knew he I was, was in prison. He was in prison. Yeah. That's so I, ridiculous, yeah. man. Uh, yeah. So that's when you were like, I'm out of here. I'm yeah. going to do my own thing. Yeah, but I left on good faith. They still call me about jobs. Oh, good. You know, well, that's they, good. They be trying to all, like, sub jobs to me that, that they can't do or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That they must feel good. 
Yeah. I left in good faith, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Same yeah. way I left Trinity Marine. Same way. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't my fault. I got fired. You know. But yeah. I, one of the things that we started this conversation with Jeff that you brought up about um, applications for employment, there is some legislation that we're trying to pass here in Louisiana called Ban the Box. And that's uh, Step Up Louisiana is trying to push that forth to get it onto a ballot or referendum. That's right. So that we ban the box, meaning no employer can ask you about your criminal record on the application. Right. Because if you're a citizen, you're out. That's it. You've already paid. You've already paid your debt. Right. They got some employees already do that. Is that right? On their yeah, own free they already, will. They already do that. It's yeah. it's not a policy, but they do it. But they do know you was in prison. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. In other right. Words, they yeah, still. Yeah, sure. They still, you know, they figure they, it out. Yeah, they figure yeah. it out. Yeah, you know, it, it ain't hard. That's true. You know, it ain't hard. It's public records. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? All they gotta do is Google it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's public records. Yeah, I wonder what the band the box folks are gonna do about the about that. How do you keep employers from discriminating against you, even if it's not on the application? Well, I think it's like anything else. It's pro- It's a long, hard struggle. Yeah, legally, you know, right. to make sure that That's people right. aren't discriminating by right. going behind you and and doing those background checks. I mean, the band of box is something that that happens when people come in the door and they're sitting at a table and they're doing the application, but that doesn't prevent the people like you were exactly. saying from going behind right. you and doing a simple right. search for public records. Right. They're going to um, do it. That's a little bit more subtle. I'd like to and see you, some sort of incentivization to companies and businesses for hiring formerly incarcerated people. Why? Like incentivize them with sure. some sort of tax credit or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? that's, that's interesting. I wonder if there is, there probably are probably some programs, programs like, like that. that. Yeah, but uh, we'd have to do some research and figure it out. I don't know if they exist in Louisiana. That's that's you know? that's, that's that's my goal, you know, to be able to hire guys that was formerly incarcerated. Oh, good. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's my goal. You know, this one I'm going to do now is the objective to get to that goal, but, yeah. you know, it's like I can't help everybody, mm-hmm. right? But I, I want to help formerly incarcerated. That they want. That like like that, that uh, Cafe yeah. Reconcile has got a little oh, bit yeah. of that uh, program. Exactly. I don't know if you, if you heard of that place, Cafe Reconcile. Yeah, so, uh, yeah I heard of. Them. I yeah. Never, yeah, I heard of. Them. They have a, a prison to work yep. aspect yeah. of uh, in in terms of because that's a it's a restaurant that is a is part of a not-for-profit organization exactly that does that so they hire people that yeah. are coming out and they had a too. lot of temp services that 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 was hiring guys that was, was uh formerly incarcerated but a lot of guys was claiming they were being mistreated is that right these temp services yeah a lot of guys were saying yeah they well that's the other thing that happens that. is that temp services, yeah. is is the low pay thing that exactly happens, you know? like people come out of prison they know that you have that background right. and then they, they immediately go right. they lowball you in right. terms of pay right? and they treat you like crap right because they don't think you have any other options right 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 they that's can right. they hold it over your that's, head that's just right. Yeah, right. That's Justin. Justin. Yeah. Right, right. Screw right. Justin. Let's yeah. dog out. Let's dog out Justin. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Dog out of the week. Dog out of the week. That's uh, that's for Justin, everybody. <laughs> Quit being an a hole, Justin. <laughs> Look, uh, what are you working on now these days? Like what's your? Well, I'm, I'm working in the seven ward. I got uh, two right now. I got two gates that I'm doing. I'm doing a. Uh, a wall in St. Mary's uh-huh. um, 
basically that's it right now. I got like three yeah. jobs going. Nice, but you gotta get your uh, you gotta get your fried ribs up on. Uh, oh yeah, I gotta get that going. Yeah, that gonna yeah. be my weekend thing. Nice, nice. Yeah, that gonna good. Be my weekend thing. Good. That sounds good. So, what's the recipe? <laughs> it, it's good. <laughs> you had me at fall off the bone. Yeah, I'm gonna make sure you get one. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna make good, sure. Good. Yeah, seriously, yeah. you let me know when you guys are doing it. We'll come up. I'm gonna do some sure. Sunday. Some, on, you're gonna do on, it this Sunday. This Sunday on on Lazada and Saint Cloud. All right, I'm coming over. Because I'm supposed to be getting the bus this Sunday. It's part of my campaign. Well, then we're gonna have to drive down there. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because with this, that is, yeah. it might be good. Yeah, I got a bunch. <laughs> I got some people coming in town. We got Alan Boudry, a former podcast guest, that's gonna come. Spencer, you gonna come on Sunday? Oh, we're doing it Sunday. We're gonna do some sort of bus situation where we just drive around District D, and not just and also District C, which is I think where you're talking about probably, or it might be right on, might be right there. I'm not between C and D. I'm not, not sure. But anyway, yeah. But we're also going to go uptown. The second we're going to go this, the the second line this weekend is on is uptown. Yeah, this, 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 this second line season starts on yeah, Sunday, yeah, right. so we're going to do that too. That's that'll right. be District A, I think. Right. I'm not sure. And I also build floats for the second line. Oh, you build floats. Oh, nice for the nice. king for the social uh-huh. and yeah. pleasure club yeah. king and queen yeah. i built floats oh man that's gotta yeah. be right i built one last year that was my first one i built yeah last year but i, I got two of them i'm building now and they are permanent they, they get used again and again yeah. and just outfit it, them yeah. the one one i'm making now yeah it probably get used every week yeah when they see it. oh nice. i see nice. so then they just outfit it yeah. with their own decor right. but this one here gonna be like a balcony Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause okay. Gonna, oh, I see. Because you got yeah. a queen up top. Yeah. Or whatever. Well, she ain't going to be that high. I ain't yeah. making it that high. They, <laughs> it's a step. And it's, 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 it's going to be like a balcony where they can see their whole outfit. Most floats, right. you can't see their whole outfit. Oh, that's, that's right. right. So just that's the right. one I'm building now, you're going to be able to see everything. Oh, that's fun. I love the floats. Yeah. Because they got the music blasting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I'm building a little DJ boot on mine. Yeah, you're right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's killer. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if people want to find you for backyard barbecues or whatever, any kind of work, um, can they go to Facebook or where? Where are they? Where, where, where? William Peck. William Peck on William Facebook. Peck. I, I don't have a, a web page right now, but I'm in a process of trying to get all that up. Yeah, Facebook is just as good. Just as good. But as, uh, so, that's so good. yeah, look up, look up William Peck on Facebook. Yeah, if you need you, uh, you need. Are you, are you could call second. Him. Yeah, you can call him. Yeah. Second line grill. I'll give you out your number. Feel free. It's up to yeah, you. Yeah, my number is two two five three one five five zero five four fifty fifty four two two five three one five five zero five four. So, folks, if you need, I'm thinking about people like Wheeler, Danny Weiner. Folks, if you need a nice custom rig in your backyard, because you're hosting people like me and Jeff and Spencer, <laughs> and like, just imagine if you're like a second line fan, and you got these guests coming over, and you know, you and get this you get this custom rig built in your backyard that nobody else has. No one else has it. Right, exactly. And I, have, and I have one on my Facebook page. All right. It's, you might have to go down a little bit because it, it wasn't posted. It was posted a month or so back. Yeah, you're right. Nice. You know, but you can go down. It's it got one on there. It's hooked to a smoker. Nice. It was a backyard one. Yeah. You also probably could see one of the um, ones I did for the second line. They on now. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. think when you get your uh, fried rib thing going, you might do some catering type of thing? 
I would hope so. Like if you wanted, like if there was a big Saints game or something, and people wanted to hire you to come over, I would hope so. Okay, would I? I'm fascinated by this fried rib thing. Me too, man. (laughs) Wait till you you taste them. We're coming, we're coming down for this. Wait till you taste them. This is the first time I'm hearing about this. Uh, You know, yeah, I, I, I. I'm speechless. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, right. and salivating. We're going to get the bus on Sunday, and that's what's going to happen. That's, We're going to go. Folks, yeah. what, what time should we come by on Sunday? Say about 1 o'clock. About 1 o'clock. About folks. 1 right. o'clock. I'll and what's be. the cross streets one more time? Oh, St. Claude and Lazard. And, okay, we'll be there. And the lower nine wall. We'll be there. 1 I o'clock think it's, on the bus. Uh, matter of fact, I have the store posted on, the, on my page also. Okay. Nice. <laughs> The All name right, of it, the name of the store is Family Stop Grocery Store. Family, Family Stop. Stop Grocery Store. Right, we're gonna folks. go there. We're gonna get the fried rims, you know. This yeah. Sunday, we'll see you there. All right, uh, <clears throat> William Peck, thank you so much for coming on. Oh man, it was really a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's yeah, been a pleasure great. meeting you, and thank you for coming by. It's been a pleasure meeting and you. And lovely you Rochelle, thank you for joining us as well in the living room. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe I'll come back after y'all taste the ribs. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. All right. Yeah, you're Thanks right. For coming by. All, All right, folks. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans, episode 67. And uh, we'll be back for a part two after this. And right. uh, we're going to do a We Call You with uh, Dave and Barbie. And with the double Dave. Two Daves. Two Daves who went to Nashville to watch the eclipse. They went up there to see the, the eclipse. total eclipse. So uh, click on part two, folks. We'll be back. Hey, right.